it's only a kick, a jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. What's going on, football fans? Kyrie Thompson with another episode of First in Foxborough. You may or may not be able to hear the ambient sound in the background. It's because I'm walking on the sidewalk right now. Just dropped off my kid at daycare, but you know what? I wanted to share some football thoughts because they're always bouncing around in my head and I might as well get them out on here when I have nothing better to do. Literally just walking. Sometimes I actually work and write WEEI articles uh, in the time it takes me to get from my daughter's daycare back home and then I'll just like throw them up there at nine. But you know what? I'm try something different today. I'm gonna do a podcast instead. So free agency, Legal tampering is about to start on Monday. It is here at last. It is about to get busy. It is about to get wild. Best time of the year, man. Love it. Absolutely love it. Now, let's get it let's get down to business with this, okay? So, I wrote something that I I found kind of interesting the little, the research that I had done on the Patriots offensive line and in particular what it showed about how they performed positionally last year. There are a lot of fans who are just like, the offensive line's terrible. You know, they, I mean, Mac Jones couldn't get anything done because nobody was, was able to block and it was just all awful. And really what I found is that all of the positions on the offensive line last year, on the whole, right? I mean, there were, there were some bad games by each, but on the whole, the offensive line was above average. And in particular, the only position that was below average was right tackle, which is like, thank you, Captain Obvious, because they were awful all year. And it was a turnstile over there. But, I mean, even guys that got a lot of flack, I'm talking Trent Brown and Cole Strange, were above average in terms of pro football focus grade for their positions. And when it comes to pro football focus grades, I'm, I don't know, I'm, I'm typically... You take them with a grain of salt whenever whenever you use them, but I tend to think that they are really pretty solid for offensive line stuff, and and so I I find I find those grades pretty reliable. So I'm I'm good with that. I'm good with using Pro Football Focus for offensive line. So I I and and I think all in all, it's backed up pretty well. I mean Trent Brown, some of the games were bad. And I mean, there were probably about three or four outlier games that were awful. 
So in, in particular, I'm thinking about the very first game in Miami where he just looked slow and, and checked out. It was probably because he was wilting in the heat. You know, big dude trying to run around out there in the heat. He looked like he was gassed. And then the Chicago game also stands out as one where he got worked over a lot. Did not expect that to happen. But by and large, and actually when I was, I was crunching the data, so it's like I, I looked at the grades for each game because you could do that on Pro Football Focus. You could look at game-by-game grades. And I averaged them out, did some standard deviation, you know, did some, some old-school statistics just to check it out. Interestingly, Trent Brown had the least amount of, of variance in his performances, like the least amount of deviation from game to game. Which is another way of saying that Trent Brown was their most consistent offensive lineman. Now, when, when, when I say that, I mean, was he the best offensive lineman on the team? No. That was Michael Nwenu by a mile, by a million. Because he literally only had one bad game. I mean, it just happened to be that that bad game was really bad. Because that was the Chicago game. So, on average, he was like scoring in the, in the 70s and, and 80s and stuff. And then that one game was a 40. I mean, so that was, that was bad by Mike. But he was the best offensive lineman on the team by far. But Trent Brown was really consistent. And then, again, when you think about what they were asking Trent Brown to do, he was top 10 in the league. I think he was actually fifth overall in the league. In the number of times the Patriots put him in a true pass set, they were asking him to do a lot and, and to handle the tough assignments by himself with no help. And by and large, when you consider that, he did a pretty solid job. All of that is to say that when you're looking at the free agents, the free agent market coming up for offensive line in particular, there are now a bunch of tackles that the Patriots are going to have an opportunity to bid on. I think that one thing we can say is that there's no definite need to get rid of Trent Brown. I know a lot of people are like, yeah, you got, got to get rid of him, his effort, his whatever. He's, he was terrible last year. He was not terrible. So we can dispense with that. Now, the question I think becomes, where do you put him or, or how do you organize this offensive line? And I think this is a positive point where Trent Brown being able to play left and right tackle, he actually had a better year at right tackle in 2021 than he did on the left side in 2022. But again, not bad, not bad in in 2022, all things considered. The fact that he can play both positions allows you to sign whomever you think works the best and do what you want with Trent Brown after that. It also, none of this also precludes you from drafting a tackle, which I still think the Patriots should do, because again, Trent Brown's contract is up after this year, and you need a starting caliber option or somebody that you can develop to compete at that position. I mean, you could obviously look at that in free agency next year, but (laughs) you should always try to draft your own. That's how I see it. But for this year, Trent Brown should be fine. I think so anyway. Now, let me go ahead and rank the likeliest scenario that I think could be for the New England Patriots to sign the tackle. I'm actually going to put Donovan Smith up there, the, the left tackle from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Now, caveat, Donovan Smith was bad last year. He, he really struggled because he was hurt. He was dealing with a couple of different injuries. I think there was a shoulder injury in there and, and then a foot injury that hampered him and kept him out a couple games late in the year, if I remember correctly. But before last year, which was his worst year in quite a while, 
he was on a pretty steady run of getting better every single year. And he was like the, I don't know, like a top 20 tackle or something like that in, in 2021. And then he was like in the, in the 30s. So you know, pretty still like upper half of the tackles in the league in, you know, 2020, in 2020 and 2019. So he, he's a good player when healthy. I think that they're probably going to be able to get him for a bit of a discount because of the injury. And that, that to me, just screams New England Patriots. That this is going to be the perfect situation for them to just swoop in and get a guy for a discount. Because his last contract with Tampa Bay was two years for about $15.5 million a year. So it's two years, 31 mil. I think that you're probably going to be able to get him for less than that. Maybe it's a one-year deal. Maybe it's you know, a two-year deal and you can get out of it after one. I, I think that would be an interesting way to, to try and approach that. If you can give him a two-year deal with the option to, hey, we'll keep you around if it goes well. So that's kind of how I'm looking at it. That this is a solid player that, first of all, plays left tackle. So you know the, the slightly more important position. And if you could get him at a relative discount, that's awesome. And then you could bump Trent Brown over to the right side and have him stick over there, which you know, you know he can get it done over there. And I think per- perhaps your offensive line, if Donovan Smith is as healthy, if he's healthy and he's playing back towards the level he was playing at before last year, that might be the best overall configuration that you could have, in my opinion. Aside from Orlando Brown, which is, which is next on the list, the thing is, in terms of likely scenarios, I'm not so sure. Because Orlando Brown's going to be expensive. And I think that typically when you see the Patriots spend big on players, like, for example, what they did in 2021, when they spent big and spent a lot of money, that was a year where the market was a bit depressed. So those guys probably weren't making what they would have made in 2021 or or rather what they would have made in 2022 or going into the 2020 season or, or something like that where there was still excess money to be spent. So I think in in a situation where now they're going to have to spend at the top of the market with the salary cap going up, I'm not so sure about that because he's going to be asking for 20 million or you know some somewhere around there maybe maybe more. I, I would imagine he's probably going to try to ask for more than that. Don't know if I, I don't know that he would get it, but you're going to have to be spending up in that range to get Orlando Brown here. Do they want to do that for somebody who is I don't know, okay? I, that part I'm not sure of. So, I think it's more likely, for example, Donovan Smith at 13, 14 million dollars on a one-year deal or average average out over or two-year deal is more likely than Orlando Brown on a like three-year, three or four-year 18 million per. I think it's more likely and honestly the value you get for it might be a little bit better. That's how I see it. But again, that's another scenario where you could have Orlando Brown come in on the left side and he's probably he's would definitely better than Donovan Smith was the year before for sure. Um, but the Donovan Smith you were getting before that, again, I think the value might be a little bit better for what you would be paying. But again, you get to have Trent Brown on the right side, which he might perform a little bit better at. 
And then you've got two big, huge bookend tackles to lock things up. And then I think you're cooking with gas. You don't have to worry about the pass protection nearly as much. And again, I think the bigger point here is competent offensive scheme. I think part of the reason the offensive line struggled as much as it did last year was because they just didn't know how to block certain things up because they were being coached by somebody who shouldn't be an offensive line coach in Matt Patricia. So this year you have Adrian Clem, you have Bill O'Brien. They know how to teach their stuff. They're experienced with this. You would hope that it's going to be a little bit better and that just, just generally it, it improves just based off of that. So that's another reason actually that I think you might see something a bit cheaper as opposed to, oh yeah, let's go all out on Orlando Brown. Yeah, the idea of it, like, yeah, let's go ahead and spend big on the left tackle, most important position on the offensive line, et cetera, et cetera. But maybe they don't think that they'll need that. Now, (laughs) whether or not they're right about that remains to be seen. After that, we have a bunch of more right tackle kind of options to consider here. And I think that the chief among them that I would want to sign that I think, I think that the Patriots would want to sign, and I think probably is the best player, is Mike McGlinchey. The issue there is that, well, <laughs> the issue there is that I know of at least one other team that wants Mike McGlinchey, and that team happens to have the most cap space of any team in the NFL in this offseason, that being the Chicago Bears. So, I and I also think that he might fit their scheme better, honestly, than he does the Patriots because the Bears have been working on kind of a, a Lafleurian sort of scheme. And you know, the, the Lafleur scheme is you know based off the Shanahan scheme, the outside zone thing. McGlinchey's played in that. It would seem like that would be a more natural fit. Whereas the Patriots are, it's not like they never run outside zone. Of course they do, but they are more rooted in gap concepts. Not to say Mike McGlinchey couldn't run that, but maybe the fit just feels better at a, at a place where you can run a little bit more of that, that wide zone sort of scheme. That said, look, Mike McGlinchey's the best player overall of any of the other, you know, like right tackle options. In particular, I mean, he's really good as a run blocker. He's not great as a pass blocker, but he's, he's okay. He's average enough, and that's fine. You can get average pass blocking mixed with the other things that McGlinchey does well. I think that that would play here in New England. And I think ultimately they would, they would value that as well because, look, yes, I understand that pass protection is important. We want to make sure that Mac Jones or whatever quarterback is, is back there is you know upright and able to deliver the ball. And the theory of having an outstanding pass blocker back there and like that's that's their main skill that's that's what they do best I mean that that's great and all but in practice I, I feel like teams especially a team like the Patriots that does want to run the football they believe in running the football they're always going to believe in running the football especially with a quarterback that they're not 100% sure about right now and I mean maybe that's not the right way to put that but a quarterback that is not Tom Brady right now. That you might as well be able to run the football well. And they've got Ramondre Stevenson. And they have an offensive line that can get downhill when things are going well and, and eat up some clock. So I think that whatever people might want, 
running the football and having a guy in there who, who is an exceptional run blocker is going to matter to this team. It just is going to. So you might as well just accept it and and honestly hope that, that you get that in addition to adequate pass blocking at right tackle with Mike McGlinchey. Next, I would say Juwan Taylor, who is not as good of a run blocker, but he's probably the best pass blocker of all of them, of all of the, the right tackle options I'm talking about. I mean, you never know. He might be the, the best of the pass blocking tackles, period, that the Patriots could be looking at. So that's a scenario where, okay, the run blocking suffers, but maybe it's fine when you put him next to Mike Onwenu and Mike does, does the dirty work, does the hard stuff, and you're just asking Jawan to just, okay, be, be decent. Okay, just don't screw it up. And then you get really good pass blocking over there, and you don't got to worry about it. You can give him true pass sets, give him tough assignments, and then Trent Brown's on the other side. And, and that might be a scenario where, you know, that might be kind of tied with, like, Donovan Smith for that might be the best, like, pass blocking tandem. Like, if you were to have Trent Brown on the left and Jawan Taylor on the right, you know, somewhere, somewhere in that range. Um, so I think that would be a good scenario. But again, are the Patriots going to value somebody who is not a great run blocker? Don't know about that. And, and the, the price tag is going to be an interesting point for Taylor as well because he's younger than McGlinchey. And so you could say, like, there's still upside to be explored there. And so maybe he's going to cost more just on principle. McGlinchey being more of a, of a right tackle who's starting to get up there in age a little bit more. I believe he's you know, 29 years old. Maybe you could get him at 14, 15 mil. And then, again, you've got Trent Brown on the left who's not necessarily costing a whole lot. And then you can have a rookie tackle kind of developing behind. So with Jawan Taylor, I just wonder how much the age factor is going to be part of this. Is a team going to be like, man, we got to throw the bag at this dude because he's young. He's an ascending talent. He could still get better as a run blocker, but what he gives you in pass pro is going to be even, it's going to, it can, it's upside is huge. So I think there's a possibility that Jawan Taylor could cost more than McGlinchey will, even though McGlinchey is the more established player. It'll be really interesting to find out how that goes. I like Jawan Taylor. Just don't know that he's going to be a fit for the Patriots unless all these other options come off the board, in which case definitely go ahead and, and go with Jawan Taylor. And look, if he, can't, if he can't run block that well, I mean, give him some time to figure it out. Sign him to a three, four year deal. And, and uh, again, you know, put him next to a really strong run blocking right guard that is going to help him you know, and help kind of uh, ease some of those limitations and then reap the benefits of what he does in pass pro. And then kind of fifth on the list, my forgotten man that I don't really think the Patriots need to have much to do with is Caleb McGarry of the Atlanta Falcons, who again, plus run blocker, but he is really not very good at all in pass pro. I just don't think, look, I get it. You want to run the football, but if you're going to have a guy running, if you're going to have a guy who's more of a run-blocking right guard, and you want to bring him in to this Patriots lineup, that's fine. But you need to have either one of two things here. You need to have a guy who's good at both, or or at the very least passable at both, which I think that's Mike McGlinchey in this case. He's a passable pass protector. You average it out, and that's a solid player. 
McGarry, I, I just can't get behind a guy who's just going to road great and can't protect the quarterback because that's what you had last year. Okay, yeah, great. Marcus Cannon, he could really get downhill and, and execute a combo block in the run game. But then when you asked him to pass block, he, he just wasn't, he wasn't it. He wasn't it. So I feel like you just can't have that. Either get balance or get a guy who is slightly better at pass protection or take a gamble on a Jawan Taylor who's a better pass protector than a run blocker. The upside is just greater there because passing is more important than running the football. So that's how I view that order. I am kind of in the, in terms of likelihood, not in terms of skill, because if it's skill, it's Orlando Brown. You, you, want, you want that at the top of the list. But I would say in terms of likelihood, I think it's probably Donovan Smith, Orlando Brown, just because of the premium. And then Mike McGlinchey, Jawan Taylor, Caleb McGarry. That's how I would put it. Going to be fun these next couple of days, weeks, months. We're going to get an idea of what the New England Patriots are going to look like for 2023 and beyond. I'm Kyrie Thompson. This has been First in Foxborough. Catch you later.